of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. And welcome to the Active Worship Podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Thank you for joining me as we are continuing through the Psalm Project. And here we are today, ending Book Four. We are in the 106th Psalm, uh, which, if you're doing the math, that is 44 more to go to end this project. We're getting there. I have been working on Psalm 119 for a while now. It is one of the. It will be by far the lengthiest psalm, uh, the entire composition, the setting of it, will be about half an hour by itself, just the music. That's not even including any commentary I give, so I will need to be brief on that, but or as brief as possible. Um, but we're getting into some lengthier psalms. Uh, there's many of them coming up, so I, I actually have to be a little more creative with how I set these to music. And Psalm 106, like Psalm 105, uh, they are similar in content, so I thought it to be appropriate to set it in a hymnic setting as I did with 105, but it is a little more robust and joyful, even though some of the text um, revolves not around joy, uh, but around the reality of sin. Psalm 106, while Psalm 105 is mainly concerned with God's redemptive acts, This psalm focuses on human sin, and specifically in the history of Israel. So, let me read Psalm 106, and then we'll get into the commentary. Here we go, Psalm 106. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Who can utter the mighty deeds of the Lord or declare all his praise? Blessed are they who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your to your people. Help me when you save them, that I may look upon the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory with your inheritance. Both we and our fathers have sinned. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedness. Our fathers, when they were in Egypt, did not consider your wondrous works. They did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love, but rebelled by the sea at the Red Sea. Yet he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make known his mighty power. He rebuked the Red Sea, and it became dry, and he led them through the deep as through a desert. So he saved them from the hand of the foe and redeemed them from the power of the enemy. And the waters covered their adversaries. Not one of them was left. Then they believed his words. They sang his praise, but they soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel. But they had a wanton craving in the wilderness and put God to the test in the desert. He gave them what they asked, but sent a wasting disease among them. When men in the camp were jealous of Moses and Aaron, the Holy One of the Lord, the earth opened up and swallowed Dathan and covered the company of Abiram. Fire also broke out in their company and flame burned up the wicked. They made a calf in Horeb and worshipped a metal image. 
They exchanged the glory of God for the image of an ox that eats the grass. They forgot God, their Savior, who had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham, and also seeds or deeds by the Red Sea. Therefore he said he would destroy them had not Moses, his chosen one, stood in the breach before him to turn away his wrath from destroying them. Then they despised the pleasant land, having no faith in his promise. They murmured in their tents and did not obey the voice of the Lord. Therefore he raised his hand and swore to them that he would make them fall in the wilderness and would make their offspring fall among the nations, scattering them among the lands." Then they yoked themselves to the Baal of Peor and ate sacrifices offered to the dead. They provoked the Lord to anger with their deeds, and a plague broke out among them. Then Phinehas stood up and intervened, and the plague was stayed, and that was counted to him as righteousness from generation to generation forever. They angered him at the waters of Meribah and went ill with Moses on their account, For they made his spirit bitter, and he spoke rashly with his lips. They did not destroy the peoples as the Lord commanded them, but they mixed with the nations and learned to do as they did. They served their idols, which became a snare to them. They sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons. They poured out innocent blood and blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan. And the land was polluted with blood. Thus they became unclean by their acts and played the whore in their deeds. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against his people and he abhorred his heritage. He gave them into the the hand of the nations so that those who hated them ruled over them. Their enemies oppressed them and they were brought into subjection under their power. Many times he delivered them. But they were rebellious in their purposes and were brought low through their iniquity. Nevertheless, he looked upon their distress when he heard their cry. For their sake, he remembered his covenant and relented according to the abundance of his steadfast love. He caused them to be pitied by all those who held them captive. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, and let all the people say, Amen. Praise the Lord. So several things that stick out here, and again, uh, Psalm 105 begins with, Give thanks to the Lord, and Psalm 106 begins with, Praise the Lord, O give thanks to the Lord. The Hebrew here is Hallelujah a word that you may be familiar with, that you may have heard but may not know what it means. It simply means praise and honor to God. The prefix hale or the beginning hale is praise and honor to God. You add the luya, or sorry, the the beginning hale is praise and honor, and you add the luya, it's praise and honor to God. In Greek, it's alleluia, it's the same thing. So here in Hebrew, it is hallelujah, praise and honor to God. To God, and he gives a reason. The foundation for doing so is he is good. So, yes, the psalmist declares the works of God, but the founding reason that he says to give praise to God is because he is good. Though the writer is concerned about Israel's suffering, he knows that its source is Israel's sin and not God's character. 
Yet how often do we, as human beings, shake our fist at God and say, how could you allow this to happen? When the reality is what we deserve is far worse. But God himself, he is good. Verse 4. Remember me, O Lord. The psalmist has no doubt that God will come to his aid, his chosen people, but he does not assume that he will personally enjoy God's blessing. He turns to God in prayer for this and makes it personal. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. In other words, I know that will happen, but allow me to be a part of that. Verse 6. Both we and our fathers have sinned. This verse is an introductory statement that gives the theme for the body of the psalm down through verse 39. Israel has deliberately and constantly rebelled against God. He says in verse 7, But rebelled by the sea at the Red Sea. Sometimes you will see the Red Sea translated as Reed Sea or the Sea of Reeds. It's the same thing. And so by personifying the Red Sea, the psalmist makes it a part of God's defeat of the powers of chaos. And it says in verse 9 that he led them through. He led them through. And this is recalling, it says he rebuked the Red Sea. And he led them through the deep as through a desert. In other words, on dry land. There are those historians that would try to debate this and say this never really happened. And it absolutely did. The scripture says they walked through on dry land. And in spite of their sin, God saved them. God's persevering love in the face of rejection is a major theme here throughout this psalm. And really throughout the Bible. Verse 13, so he's just rescued him, or rescued the people, and it says in verse 13, but they soon forgot his works. Now, you think about the mighty works of God, what he has done in Scripture. If you had just seen literally the waters part, you had seen waters gush from the rock, would that not be enough faith for you from then on for the rest of your life? Well, it wasn't for Israel. And if we put ourselves in their shoes, realistically, I think we would come to the conclusion that we'd probably be in the same boat. The people's faith and their thanks were shortened. And as, as remembrance, uh, remember Psalm 105, uh, Psalm 105, 5 says, Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. As remembrance includes obedience, if you remember I talked about that, it's more of an anamnesis. Forgetting leads to disobedience. Verse 17, the earth opened and swallowed up Dathan and covered the company of Abiram. So who are these people mentioned? I've discussed this briefly before, but Dathan was an Israelite mentioned in the Old Testament, and he's a participant of the Exodus. He was the son of Eliab. Um... And so together with his brother Abiram and the Levite Korah, they rebelled, those three specifically rebelled against Moses and Aaron. And so the book of Numbers relates that the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up and their houses. That's in Numbers 16, 31. And so you can see that. 
uh, Dathan and Abiram. Um, now, when you see a psalm that says that it is attributed to the sons of Korah, that is talking about this Korah that was swallowed up in the earth by uh, or by the earth with Dathan and Abiram. Uh, one of the theories is that the sons of Korah were too young, or perhaps they did not rebel along with their father, um, and so they were not swallowed up. But that's who it's referring to here. So, and, and that's the account that it's referring to. The earth opened up and swallowed Dathan and covered the company of Abiram. Verse 20, they exchanged the glory of God for the image of an ox that eats grass. You remind, I'm reminded of the account of the cow, the the metal cow, the golden calf that the people of Israel made to worship. Again, think of how strange that is. They had seen the waters parted. They had seen all that God had done. And what do they do? They build themselves a golden calf to worship. They worship something that they themselves created. And so they put this metal idol in the place of God and worship it, uh, worshiped it. And as Paul points out in Romans uh, 1, 21 through 23, idolatry consists in worshiping any part or aspect of creation as God. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they, came, they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the, of the immortal God with images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. My goodness, this is happening today. People that somehow think that creation is God, the earth, Mother Nature, that's God, not the one true God. And scripture is clear. That is idolatry. And if it is idolatry, then it is, in fact, demonic. Verse 22. Wondrous works in the land of Ham. And again, Ham is another name for Egypt. And the works are preeminently the ten plagues. In verse 23 here, Therefore he said he would destroy them, had not Moses his chosen one stood in the breach before him. This account is in Exodus 32, where Moses implores God not to destroy his people, and God relented. So he intercedes on behalf of the people, and he saved them from the wrath of God. And in this, he foreshadowed the work of Jesus Christ, who not only prayed for his people, but died to save them. Verse 20, uh, 24, Then they despised the pleasant land. They despised the promised land, if you will, by not having faith that God could give it to him. This is the account of Numbers uh, 13 and 14, where spies are sent into the land of Canaan, and they came back, um, and the majority of the people said, we can't do this. Although there were two that said, yes, we can. We can conquer this land. Verse 26, Therefore he raised his hand and swore to them, this gesture accompanies a formal oath or showing God's determination to judge the sons of Israel. And then it says in verse 28 that they yoked themselves to the Baal of Peor. Uh, they yoked themselves. This language is derogatory. Worshiping a foreign idol is like becoming a beast of burden. 
And Baal of Peor, this was a god of the eastern Mediterranean region at the time Israel was entering the Promised Land. We've all, most of us have heard of Baal, the god Baal in the Old Testament. It reminded the story of Elijah. Uh, Baal took slightly different characteristics in each local worship site, and so it is often identified by the region. And this is the region here, Baal of Peor. He is the god of the eastern Mediterranean region. And then it says, they ate sacrifices offered to the dead. So this could refer to funeral ritual, uh, rituals of some sort. Uh, Canaanite funeral rituals involved heavy drinking, feasting, and really obscene lust. The whole incident initiated by Balaam really is reported in Numbers 25, but this is probably referring to some sort of funeral ritual in which that type of ritual, as God says, would be an unholy act, a sinful act. Verse 31, And it was counted to him, this is talking about Phinehas, it was counted to him as righteousness from generation to generation forever. So when Israel took the fateful steps toward idolatry, as they often did, Phinehas took a violent step to bring Israel back to the way of God. And as a result, God made a covenant with his family to give them the priesthood. Uh, similar language is used in connection with the covenant promises given to Abraham in Genesis 15 and inherited by the church in Romans 4. So Genesis 15, 6 says, And he believed the Lord, and he counted it, uh, counted it to him as righteousness. And then Romans 4, 3, For what does Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. So this is relevant not just to people of the Old Testament, but for us, the New Testament church as well. Verse 32, they angered him at the waters of Meribah. Uh, the waters of Meribah. You can read about this in Numbers 20. Um, this is when there was no water for the congregation. They assembled themselves together against Moses and they quarreled with Moses. And um, in fact, they said it would be better for us to go back to Egypt. Can you imagine that? Let us go back to slavery. It would have been Better. How often do we in our own lives go back to our chains of sin and think that is better than what the Lord has to offer us? That's when Moses strikes the rock and water comes from it. So he provided for his people. And it says in verse 33, For they made his spirit bitter. Talking about Moses. They made his spirit bitter by not trusting God to provide for their survival in the wilderness. And then in verse 37, they sacrificed their sons and daughters to the demons. The spiritual reality behind the lifeless idols is demonic. A world of high hostility to the one God. And certainly the reality during this time was that their children were literally sacrificed, as babies even, burned on the altar of an idol. And we may think, well, we, we don't see that in our day, but do we not? We have um, over 60 million babies that have been killed each year in the United States alone. And you may say, well, that's not the same thing, is it not? You may say, well, uh, they're, they're, these babies are not being sacrificed to an idol. Are they not? 
Are they not being sacrificed to the idol of convenience? Are they not being sacrificed to the idol of selfishness? We are seeing the same thing. The sacrifice of children, of babies to idols, selfishness, convenience that we are putting before God. And when I say we, yes, I'm talking about we, the church, because we're not doing enough. And I'm just as guilty of this. How often when someone speaks of abortion, even though we, we are staunchly against it, but when one of our friends that we don't want to offend speaks of abortion, do we just go along with it and say okay and not let them know that this is blatantly wrong, this is blatantly sin, and there will be judgment for it? Verse 39, they became unclean by their acts and played the whore in their deeds. Joining themselves to a false god is spiritual adultery. And that's for us too. That's not just the people of Israel. Verse 45. For their sake he remembered his covenant. God's promises express the commitment that causes him to continue with his people even though they turn their backs on him. Again, Psalm 105, 5, we're talking about remembrance. We're talking about more than just a mental recollection, but an action. God remembered and remembers his covenant, and he still does so with us, his people. This setting is hymnic in nature. We have stanzas, and um, they're set in a bold, uh, almost a, uh, at least, matching the beginning of the psalm, a celebratory uh, psalm, because even though this psalm runs through a list of sins committed by the people of God, what does it also remember? It remembers God's salvation despite those acts of sin. And so this is a celebratory hymn, several stanzas, and as I mentioned in the last episode, uh, episode it is very long, <laughs> These psalms, some of them getting here are, are longer, so this, the uh, settings are longer. So, here is Psalm 106 set to music. Thank you for listening today to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Salvation, know that with your chosen ones 
I may enjoy prosperity and may with your inheritance in you boast joyfully with all our fathers we have sinned we have done wickedly our fathers did not understand your signs in Egypt seen though they your acts of love forgot and at the sea rebelled he saved them still for his namesake his power they beheld the Red Sea dried at his rebuke he led them on dry land he saved them from their hostile foes redeemed them from their hand the waters drowned their enemies not one of them remained his people then believed his words his praise and song proclaimed his people soon forgot his works did not wait for his will but lusted in the wilderness and God they tested still so then he listened to their pleas and heard their sad lament but he while granting their request a deadly sickness sent they envied Moses in the camp his leadership they shunned they envied Aaron's priestly rank the Lord's anointed one the opened earth on death and close a beam's kin entombed a fire blazed in their company and wicked ones consumed and they at Horeb forged a calf before its image kneeled exchanged their glory for an ox that grazes in the field then God the Savior they forgot in Egypt his great deeds his wonders in the land of Ham signs of the sea of reeds and so he said he would destroy if Moses his elect stood not before him in the breach his anger to deflect then they despised the pleasant land did not believe his word instead they grumbled in their tents and disobeyed
He therefore vowed to cast them down There in the desert sands Among the nations cast with seed And scattered through the lands With Baal Peor they had joined Eight offerings to the dead They stirred his anger with their deeds The plague among them spread The plague was stopped when Phineas Arose and intervened This was accounted righteousness Through all eternity At Meribah they angered him On Moses' grief they brought They did not heed the Lord's command his words were fiery hot They worshipped other foreign gods Became ensnared by these They gave their sons and daughters up That demons be appeased The blood of daughters and of sons Blood of the guiltless child Was sacrificed to Canaan's gods The land became defiled The people thus became unclean Defiled within their heart For in their deeds and practices they played the harlot's part And so against his people burned The anger of the Lord Then his own people he despised His heritage abhorred God placed them in the foreign hands Since they had turned from him Though often he delivered them They sank again in sin He looked to them and in his grace Their yearning cries he God through all eternity. Whole people praise the Lord and say, Amen, yes, let it be.